Hey all, Bob here, AKA Mr. Reef Safe, and today I'm in Plant City, Florida, right here at ACI Aquaculture, and I am going to be interviewing Chris Meckley. That is right ahead. Hey all, I'm here with Chris Meckley of ACI Aquaculture. How you doing, Chris? Doing well, Bob. Nice, you have had coming. a busy day, haven't you? It's been a really busy day. I mean, it's, you know, I never know what's gonna happen every day. You yep. know, it could be uh, quiet and nobody's around, and, Fridays, you know, when I invite somebody over, it always never fails that it just ends up being one of those days. So what, what time is it now? About about two o'clock? It's about 1.30, 2 o'clock, I would yeah. say. So I got My here. My lights are out, so it's probably close <laughs> to two. I got here roughly at 11, yeah. which which I'm fine with, by the right? way. You know, Chris <laughs> kept apologizing. Oh, I'm sorry, I got to make you wait. I'm like, dude, I have got plenty to do and mm -hmm. I just got to wander around and take a look. So. I'm like a kid in the candy store, so you don't have to be upset with that at so all. So what did you think of what you saw? I, I'm blown away. You know, you, um, you, you go to stores, you know, you go to like, you know, the, the store farms, you know, and, mm. and you know, which is very impressive. Don't sure. get me wrong. Uh, yeah. Awesome. We all need to be farming <laughs> stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's the way of the future for the comfort, for the industry. But this is like next level and, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I didn't know what to expect when I came today. <laughs> you know, I, I was driving here and I was like, you know, like thinking of all like, what is this going to be like? You know, I'm. I'm didn't know what to expect, and, right. and it reminded me, back in 2012, I went with the Reef Club to uh, um, SeaWorld, and we did like the behind the scene tour, yeah. and I kept thinking, oh man, I'm gonna get to see all this great equipment that I've never <laughs> seen before, and like basic stuff. So I was yeah. like, subvert expectations, just, just enjoy it. So that's what I've been doing. So if that says anything, what he just said, keep it simple. Keep he, it the simple. The big guys keep it simple. <laughs> all this fancy gear is, is great, if you're into the fancy gear. Um, but if you're not, you know, I mean, we do a very simple method in here and we can even talk about that and the evolution of what we used to do and where we are today and why we stick with what we're doing today. And then, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, I, I love the story because of course I lived it and um, there's not very many people that really know it. And, you know, I thank you for coming over and wanting to know more about who we are and what we do. Well, thank you for having and, me. Uh, so I want to know, how did ACI start? ACI started, um, I've always, you know, had a passion for anything aquatic from the time I was a kid till the present. And um, when I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to have salt water in my home because my dad was in the freshwater fish when he was a kid because he tried salt water. <laughs> and when you try salt water back in the 60s, you know, if you didn't have a good bit of money, you know, saltwater fish were... They didn't, they didn't do well and it was a lot of the collection and a lot of the there was just unknowns yeah. and you know where we were then and where we are today is like a world of difference but that was the thing I think that was the biggest problem is nobody really knew what they were doing with saltwater fish and they tried to treat them like freshwater fish and in reality they can be very similar but they're not <laughs> but so um, I then um, took my passion for freshwater fish that my parents um, helped me fuel, um, and I fueled it with all my lawn mowing money from the time I was like 12 years <laughs> on. Um, you know, we, my brother and I mowed grasses for a lot of people around uh, my little town in Pennsylvania called Shiloh, which is actually a part of uh, West York, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, we did a pretty good, you know, we, as a kid, you know, 12, mowing six yards a week, my brother and I splitting it. We were making, you know, decent money for, for teenagers. So for young people that want to mow lawns now and make money, 
just for reference, what did you charge for a lawn back then? Do you remember? Because uh, I, I remember back then. I mean, the heck, that was. I, I was happy to get like five or ten bucks. It was the early '90s, <laughs> so you know we got ten bucks, I think, <laughs> and we had some bigger lawns. We were getting, you know, twenty bucks, and we'd just split it. You know, and even if my brother couldn't mow that yard that day, I still gave him 10 bucks. So my brother and I had that mutual thing where even though we were in it together, so we still, no matter whether we were able to mow it together or not, we still gave each other half of whatever we made that week. Will, will your brother see this by chance? Uh, my brother will definitely be seeing this. So, and so he can comment below whether or not My brother doesn't you... comment. He doesn't do this stuff. Uh, he's not on social media. He's a smart one. <laughs> he's going to say, he'll tell us whether you're telling the truth or not. <laughs> exactly, you know? exactly. I mean, you know, I say he's the smart one, but then in reality, is that the wave of the future? It is. And unfortunately, my old school mentality, I can't stand it, but I'm engaged in it. You know, I, I know I have to, you know, to change my old school ways one way or the other. But, um, you know, it, he doesn't. But my mom will, be, of course, be glad to show him the video. They have a smart TV, so all they got to do is go on YouTube and check it out or Instagram or whatever is going to be on. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Bob, is, is it on YouTube? YouTube and TikTok, Instagram, and it'll probably wind up on Facebook in some way, shape, or form. So there's four avenues for you to view yeah. the video. Awesome. Um, so, uh, where were we? <laughs> Tell telling me about the beginnings. Uh, the beginnings, okay. So, because of that, you know, the passion I had for it, I, I, I was um, working at Tropical Fish Stores when I was a kid. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a, the story is, you know, I still think about it and think of how surreal it really is to me because of how everything fell into place. Um, I was working at a shop up in Pennsylvania called Tony's Tropical Fish. And, um, you know, it is no longer in business. Tony's like in his, you know, mid 70s now. Um, but I actually was able to, at one point, sell corals to him when wow. he was my mentor, you know, growing up. Um, That's cool. And my first job was um, from Lonnie Langione. And Lonnie, yeah, I called you out on this one. If it wasn't for Lonnie and Scott, um, they were cousins that ran the shop, um, I probably would have never gotten into African cichlids the way I did as a teenager mm -hmm. because um, they rigged the uh, drawing for the free giveaway of the $100 gift certificate uh, <laughs> because they loved me so much because my dad... We had an every every week, my dad and I and my brother and, and my sister sometimes, we would go every, I think it was Monday, when dad got off work, that was what I looked forward to, we'd hit every shop in town. No matter whether we bought something or not, we'd go visit every shop in town. Um, so now that was back in the 90s, right? That was back in the early 90s. I mean, so that was still in, you know. <laughs> if, if I remember correctly, because I worked in fish stores back in the 90s, Monday was new fish day anyway. No, for the one fish store, we still went there every Friday because that was okay. fish day. And okay. it was the closest one, which was Tony's Tropical Fish. Um, I used to mow his grass, so he helped fund my addiction. Um, and, uh, you know, I used to go and, you know, I'd ride my bike. It was a good 15-minute ride for me hey, to kid, get there. The first one's free. Yeah. You know, and, and African cichlids were my thing because they were the next best thing for me. I, I didn't have salt water because mom and dad said, no, I don't care how much... You know, if you're working, living here under my roof, you're not putting salt water in your in, in our house. And um, I, I, I respected that. You know, so I took the next best thing, in my opinion, which was African cichlids yeah. or, you know, discus, angelfish, you know, pistogrammas, you know, anything that was, you know, not the normal yeah. I had to have because it was fascinating to me. And I got bored with that as I got older. And um, when I started working for Lonnie Langione at Pet World, um, I... He didn't have salt water. He moved from East York to West York. And when I got my job, he said, I'm not putting salt water back in the bit. And I'm like, oh, but I still got to do what I love yeah, yeah. um, for my job. And um, then uh, he closed his doors. 
and I ended up um, going to work for Tony. And then that's when I really started really getting the love for, for saltwater fish and corals. So one, what, what year was your first saltwater tank then? My first saltwater tank, well, let me finish my story. Okay, okay. It, it, it's, it's kind of funny how it all works out. It all incorporates into the name of the company okay. and everything, how it all worked out. So I'm working for Tony's Tropical Fish. I'm a kid, I'm 20, um, you know, I got no drive. I'm not going anywhere. I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, and, you know, I was kind of lost, but I enjoyed my job at Tony's Tropical Fish. So funny story is my wife, now Amanda, um, came in there one day to set up a saltwater aquarium. And um, she, um, I could kind of tell she was checking me out, um, you know, but I was like, you know, and I was, you know, of course interested. And next thing you know, she come in the first time, she leaves, she gets things set up. She comes back in the second time and I'm testing her water and I'm like, you're okay to put fish in. Um, and she buys her first fish. She goes and comes back again and she doesn't buy anything, but she comes in and she goes, She's with her best friend, Freddie, who's a dude, of course. Um, <laughs> lives with him and everything, but they were like best friends. And um, she uh, comes in and she goes, uh, Freddie leaves, and she comes up and asks me out. Hey, you wanna go out and have a beer and talk fish? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we did, and here we are today. Uh, that was in 1998, when oh, um, I was just 21, maybe. Yeah, I was 21, and it was this was in, uh, right, right before Memorial Day. Um, and we went on a few dates, we enjoyed each other's company and we just kept going from there and we kind of put Memorial Day as our, as our day of when we really started, you know, and it's been us ever since. So the reason why I wanted to say that is because I always wanted to, my mom always told me when I was you know, a kid, she always reminded me and when I started ACI, she said, you know, your dream as a kid was to have a fish farm in Florida. And I'm like, you know, that was because you guys wouldn't let me have salt water. And now that, you know, now that I have salt water, I, I you know, started ACI because I had a shop in, um, in, in Tampa. When I moved down here, I learned how to do a lot of packing by working for a, a very large tropical fish farm, which 5D Tropical, um, you know, actually they're probably the largest working fish farm in the, in the state, maybe the country. But anyhow, um, so I learned a lot on the, not the export side of it, but the um, shipping side of it. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm like, well, that's useful for me. And then I bought a shop in Tampa. Partner was bad. Got a job at Tire Kingdom. Hated my job. Um, really learned that I wasn't very employable at that point in time in my life because uh, I had a lot of ideas and nobody wanted to help you know take my ideas. And which is fine. I'm just a little guy and I'm not a high up on the totem pole. And, I'm like, I want to be the man. I don't want to be talking to the man. I want to be the man. Yeah. So after a lot of weird things happened with my life, my daughter was in the hospital. My manager told me I had to be at work and I told him to get pissed off because my daughter's life is more important than him being able to go away because he didn't have me to cover. Yeah. Um, and I quit my job at Tire Kingdom. Um, ACI had already started back in January. I... Um, worked for Tire Kingdom, but then I started my job, or I started up ACI on the side, and I borrowed $10,000 from Discover Card. They were, you remember back then, and was it 2007, they were handing out 0% interest yeah. credit card yep. finance checks like they were bread, like it was candy. And I'm like, you know, I don't like credit, but you know what, go big or go home, if you don't try, you never know what's gonna happen. You gotta take a risk somewhere. And um, you know, I've been taking risks ever since. I mean, I risked my, 
livelihood every day of my life because I've got an open air environment and um, I can come in tomorrow and everything could be dead. That's a big right. enough risk. Yeah, I've got so many questions just based on that. But, oh. but what does ACI stand for? ACI, and I was, that was the next step okay, in the okay. process. Um, my daughter's name is Isabel. Mm -hmm. um, my son's name is Isaac. When I started ACI, it was in 2007. Isabel was only a year and a half old. Um, and that $10,000 loan got me everything set up, equipment, and my first livestock that I fragged, that I was healing, mm -hmm. um, to go to market. So that 10 grand then got covered by everything I sold off the first initial investment. I paid nice. myself back, paid that loan off. Um, when I incorporated the name, because I didn't do that until um, May 23rd of 2007, I'm trying to figure out how, what to name my company, you know, and I'm, you know, all these weird names going through my head, and I'm like, Amanda, Chris, and Isabel, ACI. There you go. There you go, ACI. You know, and uh, I don't know, that gets me kind of weird because, you know, that's, that's really truly my beginnings, and ACI's beginnings was because I kept saying, you know, that my wife and my kids, my daughter, are the most important thing in my life, and why shouldn't I be reminded of that every day I go to the farm? Yeah. That because of my wife and my daughter, that's why I'm doing this is to, for them, you know? And, and, and it is because I have a drive and I have a love for anything in the ocean. Mm -hmm. And what I knew about corals then was not even close to what I know now, but I've been doing this, you know, saltwater for 27 years. And, um, you know, now that I'm doing what I, I truly love and, you know, my wife and my daughter are a part of it, um, that's huge for me. And then, of course, Isaac came on along years later, and we were like, "What are we going to name him? We can't go off the ACI thing." So, uh, you know, we were just looking at, you know, we were talking about. It. I'm like, you know, I like Isaac, and she's like, I really like Isaac too. She's like, I'm glad you said that. She's like, I think we said it. It's Isaac. If it's a boy, well, we knew it was a boy at that point because we never even picked the girl's name because yeah. it was, you know, it was done. But um, so that's what ACI stands for: is Amanda, Chris, Isabel, Isaac. Um, and that's basically so the it's beginnings. A long I. A long eye, yes, a long eye. A-C-I. Um, and then, you know, another part of the story of the name of the company, and this I didn't know until 2018 when I was over in Indonesia, you know, I've started getting all these text messages or WhatsApp messages from people I had talked to that were trying to get me to buy corals from Indonesia from them. And I'm very, very strict with what I, who I, who I buy from. I have to trust them. I have to have a business relationship with them. And if they're going to give me the opportunity um, to become, if I'm going to give them an opportunity to become a vendor of mine, it's my terms and my terms only. You cannot steer me away from it unless I have nothing else and then I got to abide by their terms. Yeah. You want my business. Here's my terms. I've never messed it, you know, never done anybody wrong in life. I'll give you my honest feedback. And if it's good enough, we'll continue. But ACI over in Indonesia stands for Aku Sinta Indonesia. Okay. So if anybody knows Indonesian, which most people of course don't, Aku is I, Sinta is love, Indonesia. So my company going into, into Indonesia already says I love Indonesia aquaculture. That's awesome. And I, I didn't know it and it was really uh, just a big shit grin on my face when <laughs> my supply line tells me what it means and all their employees were yelling achi achi when i walked in the door they knew me and i'm like oh my god this is weird but it was um kind of uh 
surreal to even know that that happened. So everything happens for a reason I look at in life. And the fact that I built such great relationships with, you know, five or six, six suppliers in Indonesia and they all, their employees know me as Achi. And um, <laughs> it's pretty, uh, it's a cool story. But um, that's the beginnings and a little bit into the history of ACI. Um, but, you know, we started off in the garage with 300 gallons of water running and 1,500 acro frags that, is that I sold for a wholesale value of $10. And because the reason, main reason why the idea popped up was because I was just a hobbyist and my wife was the breadwinner and, you know, that didn't sit well with me. And I actually just told her this whole part of the ACI story because, I mean, it was just, it, it was time to tell her why. I wanted to be the breadwinner because, you know, I grew up in a family where the man was the breadwinner. Mm -hmm. You know, nowadays things are a little bit different. Yeah. And I accept that. But I don't care who you are, you're not going to get it out of my head the way I was raised that the man is always going to be the breadwinner no matter what. And I had to do what I had to do to, you know, try to try to get to that point in my life so that I satisfied my own head. You know, in reality, ACI was came about because of my own, um, how, how do you put that? Um, greedy head, not greedy. I mean, what is it? What is it? What is the, what would the term be? You know, I had to ambitious, ambitious. Uh, yeah, that's another way to put it. Uh, but I didn't want her to be the breadwinner my whole life. Mm -hmm. I had to be the breadwinner. So there was nothing, no doubt in my mind that with what I was doing here and with her support, especially after, uh, 2009, when the housing market crashed, she worked for a um, company called Environmental Stoneworks, which was a stone veneers for homes, a widget company. Yeah. You know, and when the housing market crashed, their business went through the floor. Who gets slashed first? The highest paid employees. Yep. Um, or it, they start from the top down, usually. Sometimes they start from the bottom, which never made sense to me. They're the ones that do the work. You got to get rid of the people that are above. <laughs> uh, it, it is what it is, but I um, uh, never understood all that. But um, so she lost her job, and we were surprisingly calm. Because ACI was just, you know, two years old, we were evolving. We went from just doing acro frags to doing all kinds of LPS frags, and we were selling them wholesale. And nobody else was doing that in the country other than like ORA, but they were a coral farm. They weren't yeah. what I call chop shop, because in reality, you know, I don't sugarcoat things. I'm not gonna call it something that it's not. If I call it a conditioned frag, it's still a chop shop in my head because it's a wild coral cut into pieces. We heal them for weeks before they get sold. So is a conditioned chop shop frag a better term? But I don't know, I don't really care. But I, I think there's room in the market for all of that. It is, but the problem is because I am so blunt and I don't like the sugar coating of things because I just think it makes people weak. Um, sorry, uh, if you want to cut that out, you can, but I don't think it's necessary. No, I'll leave um, it in. <laughs> it's, um, if it's about feelings, then it's not about reality and it's not about life. And I care about reality and logic and life. And feelings, if I hurt your feelings in some, you know, I'm not gonna be, you know, a complete jerk. <laughs> I don't wanna hurt your feelings, but if it did, you know, if it's something that should be just logical thinking, then I'm not gonna, yeah. it is what it is. But, um, straight shooter. Straight shooter. Um, that is foot and mouth sometimes and other times. It is what it is. Again, I've got athlete's tongue, so you know I, I know the feeling. <laughs> from New York, yeah, I can see that. Um, I had you know some friends from New York, and he was always, you know, the best, worst potty mouth ever. And my wife always knew when I was talking to him because I had the same problem. I, I still have that problem, but you know I try to keep that you know reserved. 
um, <laughs> if I can. Um, I am here now. So uh, <laughs> you're doing good. <laughs> but um, so from from the um, standpoint of the evolution from the 300 gallon system in the garage, we ended up evolving into um, having. Uh, I think it was a. If I remember correctly, it was 2,000 gallons was in my garage at the okay. end. Went from 300 to 2,000 gallons, and we were importing. And how long was that? That was from 2007, and we moved into this facility here the year that Isaac was born. Isaac was born in um, no November 11th of 2022. And I'm sorry, uh, 2022. <laughs> 2012. No, 11, 11, yeah, 2012. So if you, it, want, you can say that again, I'll just cut that yeah. part out. <laughs> um, the company's been in this building. Yeah. So we were in uh, my home in my garage from 07 till the summer of 2012. Um, and that was the best move we made because at that point we were importing already and we had a huge following. And, you know, because we didn't have overhead in our home, we made money. You yeah. know, way more than I make now, um, but that's okay. I don't care. I do what I love every day. Yeah. And, you know, it keeps my head sane um, because if I didn't have this sometimes, I don't know, because this is what keeps me relaxed when I'm in a bad mood. I go stick my face in a view box and look at my corals and everything kind of goes away for a short period of time. And that's, uh, I think, a benefit that, you know, not a lot of people get in life. Um, you know, and the fact that I'm living the American dream, um, it's uh, still surreal to me. The fact that I do support my family and I, I couldn't do it without my wife. You know, my wife is, um, when she got laid off, we were relatively calm about the whole scenario. And it happened at a perfect time because I wired money to Indonesia two separate times and got burnt, you know, and we were getting to be to the point where, okay, we can't figure out how to import, you know, and again, big risks get no, re yeah. you know, without risk, you get no reward. And she's like, you want to try it again with somebody you've, I've been chatting back and forth with. And I'm like, I'm going to push for terms if I can. I couldn't get the terms. Then um, I got a call out of the blue from, he's still a current supplier of mine, a friend of, and a friend of mine now. He's in the US, but he's really good friends with the supply line over in Indonesia. And he was transshipping, but he was not transshipping to retail stores. It was two other wholesalers, and because he, he understood the chain of command. Yeah. And in the, in in in, the, in this industry, and it used to be a strict ch chain of command where you had your your hobbyists buying from the retail stores, the retail stores buying from the wholesalers, and then the wholesalers buying from overseas. The wholesalers had the biggest risk in it all. Yeah. Now it's a shit show. You know, you hear about stores banding together and buying from overseas. You know, that doesn't help me um, as a wholesaler. When you eliminate the middleman for every industry, industries suffer. And what we do with our corals separates us from, I would say, almost every other wholesaler that's out there because it's not about the money. It's not about how fast can we get it in and get it out of here. It's about how fast can we heal the animals to make sure that they are healthy enough to put back into a box and ship across the country, yeah. around the world. If I can interject, I know quite a few of the, the store owners here in Tampa, and they all speak very highly of you, and they've all said the same thing. You will not sell a coral if it's not healthy, if, it, if there's a risk. You will tell them no. So I mean, I, I very rarely have walk-ins, and I had a storefront that came today, and um, they know how I feel about them purchasing corals. And it just so happened that it laid out that he was coming the day after we were getting three shipments when it comes down. I thought it was two, two, but then I realized it was 
three separate permits. And I forgot that the one company has their wild and their mariculture. And I got a really tiny mariculture shipment, a tiny wild shipment, and then a bigger wild shipment. So um, we, I don't like selling anything that came in. And he knows how I feel, the guy that was here this morning. And he was like, man, those freaking torches are unbelievable. And I'm sure you saw them. There's some. I, I saw them and I saw his reaction. He, yes, he was very he impressed. He wanted them so bad. And he looked at me and he's like, how much of the torches? And I'm like, you know how I feel about putting them back in a bag. They've only been here for like, not even 12 hours. And he's like, yeah. And I respect that. He's like, but I want them so bad. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'll tell you what. I said, you know how I feel about it? Don't you dare call me if there's a problem with them in two or three or four days. I said, if they're sitting here, I know what to do. If there's a problem, I will fix them. They will not die. If there's anything that I have to do with it, and I go through every step possible to make sure that every animal has a fighting chance, even the ones that I know in the past were doomed because of bad water or a broken bag or whatnot, I know how to fix them now. And I'm getting ready to share that with the world someday, in some point. Um, you know, I um, can't wait to get that out there because uh, it's really not, it's like, it's like a prophylactic treatment and we don't know long-term long -term effects on the actual bacteria strains that are being affected, but we are always evolving and trying to figure those things out. So mm -hmm. we just set up a, a control system. It's only one control, but we're getting data from super healthy elegance corals and euphelias, and we're, getting, we're putting some to sacrifice for the sake of the experiment that we've done that we have good data on we're gonna get more information because now I know if I see the, in, the issue with the elegance corals in that separate system, I know exactly what to do and I can get them turned around in three days, yeah. or no, five days. So I hope I don't have any issues because the ones I put in there, I didn't realize how insanely beautiful they are. Uh, red elegance corals, I mean, if people have never seen a red elegance coral, eh, the first time I saw one, I was like, that's not real. And you saw some over here, and you're just like probably the same thing. You probably never saw one before, did and you? Just incredible color. <laughs> it's amazing what um, relationships what relationships do for business. And you know, I always knew that they were important, but the fact that my supply line treats me like family, and they know what I like, and I don't have to order anything ever. I don't know at all what's coming. You have my CITES permit. Fill it. Well, Mr. Chris, we have this. We have, I don't care what you have. Do you think I'm going to like it? <laughs> if you think I'm going to really like it and that's not going to be like, eh, then put it in the box. I want Christmas morning when I open my shipment up because I don't want to know what's in there. I want to be happy. I want to be excited. It's probably going to be late at night and I want something to stimulate me rather than knowing what comes in. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you've been here for about 24 hours now straight. Almost. Almost. No, I went home last night. Okay. But so, I didn't really sleep, so I mean, I think I got two hours of sleep. And so. what time did you come in to get your shipment? Uh, my shipment, I worked yesterday from, I got here at seven. I didn't leave here till midnight. I went home, couldn't sleep, finally slept at three, got up at 5.30 to get the kids ready for school. Um, took Isaac to school, came here and I haven't stopped since. So, I mean, we're going on like, Two hours of sleep here in 48 hours. Soon. His excitement over the corals is always keeping him going. I have seen him. I haven't even seen a yawn out of him yet. He won't. I mean, and, and he's just, it's, it's like watching a beehive. He is just move, move, move. It, I don't know how I do it, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I really, uh, I'm fortunate that they you know I, I can do this um, because 
I am dealing with so much life that is so important to me, to the research we've done, to you know, my family, to the people that are my customers, to um, you know a, a lot of people. And the fact that I can keep going day by day with minimal sleep, I still just can't. I don't understand it. Um, but when I crash, I crash. <laughs> you know, like tomorrow morning, I don't expect to be out of bed. And I hate sleeping past like eight. It'll probably be, you know, I probably won't be able to sleep tonight. So it'll probably be like two or three o'clock in the morning again before I fall asleep. And it'll be like noon when I finally get out of bed. And then I'll be like, damn it, my day is freaking gone. <laughs> and that's what I can't stand about. I like getting up early. I like getting something done. I feel like I got a sense of accomplishment. When I don't and I'm up at, you know, late in the morning, um, I just feel like my day is gone. And no, you're not here on the weekends. You're I still come in. You come in, okay. Um, it's, it's a seven day a week job. Okay. When you own this place, you can not ever relax. Um, that's me. My wife gets the ability to do that, Daniel, and all my crew gets the ability to do that. But I know for a fact that if there is an issue, every single one of the people that is involved with ACI Aquaculture would be here in a heartbeat to make sure that we're fixing and correcting whatever issue there is. When we had Hurricane Ian run through here, you know, um, as soon as I could get here, um, I got here. And literally 10 minutes later, after I got the generators out and we were getting ready to hook them all up, he's here helping me, you know, and he stayed with me. And then we made a pact saying, okay, you take tomorrow. I got the day. I sleep here tonight. You sleep here tomorrow night. And we do that until we get our power back. And um, I slept here one night, Daniel slept here one night. And when I got in the day, Daniel, Daniel's not a morning person. I got here and Daniel was like, I'm going home. I'm like, go, get out of here. <laughs> and I'm here and we were trying to figure out, okay, it's three days, the third day. Now we got to cycle lights. Um, I had somebody, one of my guys went to go get an, an extra generator that was big enough to run some lights. So we're a tight knit crew. You know, before my crew, and it was my fault in a lot of cases with my crew, but um, this crew is going to be the crew that I want to build my team to move us farther into the future so that we can get our land, build our massive facility, and have the, a crew that actually loves, cares, and respects about every single enemy they take care of. And that's what I'm getting out of what I have now. And I hope that's what we can continue with because you gotta love what you do when you work here. And if it doesn't, it shows, and I'll know it, and it won't be very long anymore. Speaking of Hurricane Ian, Mm -hmm. now, we, we were supposed to do this interview a couple weeks ago, and of course, the Hurricane, day after Hurricane Yeah, Ian. yeah, that was when it was supposed to happen, so we had to delay it. Obviously, you didn't no have power. power. Um, now, you know, we, we know that it, it kind of went south of us, and, you know, mm -hmm. the south really got the, the brunt of it. And, you know, for anyone down there, we're really sorry about that. You know, it's hopefully sad. you're getting the help you need. But other than losing power, did you have any kind of damage, any kind of loss, anything? I don't really like to talk about it. I mean, I talked about it a little bit on a little live video I did the, the Sunday after the, the hurricane went through and we had power again. I was quite impressed with everything. I mean, you know, seven systems, 18,500 gallons of water and, you know, all the return pumps running, keeping flow going. Um, all my systems basically were flawless. I had no issues. One system in particular, um, I was doing a new, um, flow method and I used to have my return lines come in like they are on this system behind us here where you have you know the return line comes in and then it shoots water flow throughout the tank and that system in the back because the majority of my Acropora 
my mother colonies from my acros were back there. I, um, I decided that the biggest problem I have in a 12 foot by six foot tank is settlement of detritus. Because no matter what you do, you're gonna have a dead spot in your tank. Mm -hmm. Unless you've got, you know, a washing machine in there. I mean, and you can achieve not having dead spots, but it's just a matter of making sure when you figure out where the dead spot is, you put a power head and blow that water around. I had an idea to help with the dead spots being concentrated in an area that were easy for us to get in and clean out instead of taking all the racks out, get in there and siphoning and making it a day yeah. job. This actually worked extremely well because I took a, a six foot wide spray bar and had um, my, my return pump, which is just a, just a an, um, equivalent to the hobbyist is like a hammerhead. Okay. Um, and I used to use hammerheads until they became a complete nightmare for me. Um, they're not for me. They're not for my application. They're for hobbyists, not yeah. for a commercial application. So we got different commercial grade pumps. of, of oh, equipment. Completely different grade. I mean, the build quality, everything. So I, at that point, you know, ACI was here for a while. We were able to afford a higher quality pump. When I moved in here from the home, we didn't have any. We didn't borrow any money. We moved in here and we actually used our cash flow to build this entire facility out. And I still do that to this day. I don't borrow money. I don't want to be. I don't want to have debt. I want to use what we've earned to continue growing the company because my day will come where we're done growing and eventually I'll start being able to reap the benefits of all the you know, hard work we put in over the last 15 years. Um, but the bottom line with that was is we were always evolving everything we do and changing the flow pattern was the demise for the acros in the back. And it wasn't catastrophic. I mean, to me it was, but to most people like, oh, that's not bad. I have 192 colonies of acros that you grew from frags this big and you have a story on them. Some of them were in my systems back there since probably the first two years that we were in here. Mm -hmm. So eight-year-old colonies wow. that we've launched multiple times that we've sold, you know, 100, 200, 400 frags off of yearly are now gone, you know, and we never get them back. But I get them back because, you know, thank God I have customers that respect what we do and the reefer's code's in, in play. Where if you don't know what the reefer's code is, folks, it's a thing that died a long time ago um, in the early 2000s when everybody thought that they had a frag tank and there was a dollar to be made on their corals. And um, everybody had a business because they had a frag tank. And nobody was the camaraderie way, like it used to be when you were growing up, when I was growing up, if you had an acro frag that you, or an acro colony that you wanted to give to your buddy, you gave him a frag, he gave you a frag. And if he lost, you lost yours, he still had it. You bank it. You bank it. It's a coral bank. Yeah. You know, and I was talking to Richard Ross and, you know, um, my friend, you know, God rest his soul, Jake Adams about it. You know, and Jake and I had this Reefers Code thing that we went back and forth with. And he had saved me when Irma went through in 19 or 18. I sent him a package of like, I don't remember, it was like 30 or 40 farm lineage acros. And I had the story behind them all. Mm. And... I didn't lose my Pink Panther Acro during Irma, but Jake had it. I did lose a couple of pieces that Jake ended up saying, dude, you just sent this to me. He's like, you did this, you said it, you were sending me a bunch of stuff in case you lost it during the hurricane, that, that I had it. And I said, take a frag off of every one of them, keep one for yourself, send me the rest back. I got them back and in you know, two years, I'll have them available in the market again. Well, that's how it worked out. And that was a saving grace for a lineage coral that I was so, you know, put so much time and effort into growing out, 
I was able to get it back. You know, there's, there's a lot, lot of talk about like old reefer versus new reefer, you know. Big time. There's a lot that can be learned from the older reefers, you know. It, it, I, I get frags of stuff and I just give it away. Yes. You know, I, I'm, I, I just want to pay it forward. And, and uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot to be said for yeah. that. I got Pierre at the Coral Corral. You know, um, he's the same way, you know. Um, we used to buy and sell each other stuff, so we had it. And I'm like, Dude, what are we doing? I'm like, why, well, you're old school. I'm like, why aren't we, you, you want an ORA, the, the, the lineage Pearlberry? Because you don't have it? Because you haven't been able to find it? Because nobody really has much of it? I'm lucky enough to have it on my farm. And it is lineage from ORA, from the original release. You want it? Okay, I want this one. I want this one, this one, this one, this one, and your big display tank. For anyone that's not in the Tampa Bay area, Coral Corral is probably, if not the biggest, one of the biggest shops, uh, shops in uh, the area. Marine only. And that's why, you yeah. know, there's a bunch of shops that are around that are big, but they are a combination, you know, saltwater and freshwater. So Pierre's a, you know, a complete addict. He's got a 600 gallon display right when you walk in the door. And if that you- That is phenomenal, it is by the way. just Acros. I mean, there's yeah. Monty's in there. There's a, a handful of an Acroporas and a handful of, you know, other corals, but it's mainly, just Acros and Montes, and he's got everything I've ever released, so I get it all back if I have a problem, you know? And I give him corals when he's got something that I don't have, and the thing that stinks about it all is I sold the damn thing to him, and I'm <laughs> trading him one of my frags back for one that I sold to him already. But, you know, that's the great thing about having customers that, you know, support you on a regular basis, you know? They get a coral that I didn't think about keeping, but as it kept in their tank, it, it evolved into a gem and looks, different than it did when it arrived and it's the fact that it's been in captivity for you know years now you can pretty much think it's going to keep that cor keep that yeah. color and that's you know he's kind of like my bank for stuff i thought i should keep but never did <laughs> that is another good reason for uh supporting your local fish stores yes you know the local fish stores they support aci and you know aci supports the local fish stores you can buy online and probably save a couple bucks but then what happens when those fish stores go to business you lost that source of knowledge. Well, well, I always say this, this is what I've always said about buying online. You know, if you can buy the coral locally and you have a short travel time from bag to tank, why would you jeopardize the animal by putting it in a box, thinking that UPS or FedEx or whatever courier that you're using literally gives a shit about your live coral, if they lose it, or damage it, to them it's nothing. No, but we, to- we, we all know how fed up uses the, throw the boxes around. I won't use them because of the fact of our track record with them. Um, UPS has been really good to us, but um, you know, they still have their moments, but every courier is gonna have moments. It's never gonna be perfect. But if you can support your local fish store and you want something that say, you know, uh, somebody that's got a farm like a, I mean, I've got corals from Jason Fox that I keep the Jason Fox name on. I've got corals from Top Shelf Aquatics that I keep the Top Shelf name on. You know, from ARC, from TCK, from all the, I mean, you know, I am one to pass on the lineage, not like a lot of shops buy my lineage stuff that I imported the coral, I kept the frag, I took two years to grow the damn thing out, and I sell the coral to a customer, and they're all about themselves, and they put their own name on it, and I'm like, what was the point of spending the yep. money on that frag if you're not gonna appreciate the lineage of it? Because that's credit what, where credit is due. And names are about lineage. 
this marketing scam that goes on nowadays with corals having a name. Every coral's got a stupid name on it, but they don't have a backstory. They don't have lineage. They have nothing. And it's like, all it is is about this right here. If you know me, this right here, I wipe my rear end with it because I could care less about it. If these aren't happy, money doesn't make any difference to me because it's about without animal. healthy animals, I don't make money. And if I'm flipping animals, like a lot of places do, that catches up to you in the long run. That's a, that's a short-term gig in most cases. I wanna be long-term. I don't wanna stop doing this. I wanna do this the rest of my life. I want my kids to take on my legacy down the road. Um, my wife will, if something were to happen to me, she will not let anything happen in this place. I know for a fact. It's, it's part of us. Um, it's part of my entire family. No matter whether it's immediate, my wife and my kids, or my mom and dad and everybody else, they all are there and understand and respect what we do here. So it's a, uh, names don't buy a coral by a name, unless you know the name and you know the company that actually named the coral can give you a backstory. In time, my website and everybody, doesn't matter if you're a customer of mine or just a hobbyist that wants to know more about ACI, we will, and it's gonna be a slow process, but I have a backstory on everything that was ever released from ACI right now. I, I it's all up here though. I won't buy a coral online. I, I rarely do that anyway, but I won't buy one unless it has the scientific name. I, I don't, I don't do. care about the, the, funny, the phony baloney name. The, I, the, I want the, the Looney Tune name? Yeah. I mean, those are fine and all, you know, but it's... I get it. I want to know what the coral is. Right, I get it, but I, I still can't just wrap my head around, you know, a wild coral being cut up into pieces and somebody putting a name on the frag just to sell the frag. Yeah. That is where I think it's... And the name changes the from industry. place to place. Exactly, it hurt the industry. And I think that, you know, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm so old school. I believe that if you don't, if you want a reef aquarium, you need to think about it logically and hard because they're a money pit if you don't know what you're doing. I mean that, they're a money pit. I mean, I used to spend a lot more money in here until we devised the new method and it's freaking phenomenal and it saves us a, a ton of money. Reefers can do it in multiple ways and there's not a wrong way and there's not a right way. Yeah, my way is the best. Because um, <laughs> um, it's cheap and it, it works. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we saved 15 grand the first year we used my method. And now I think we've got like a $200 monthly expense on additives for 18,500 gallons. I know reefers that have 500 gallon tanks that spend more than $200 a month and they're stubborn and they won't listen to me. They see what I do, but they're just like, I, I, I don't know. I just keep spending your money. The money pit is never going to stop because as your tank grows, it gets more expensive. <laughs> no, I, I won't. I won't have you go into this because I know you did this on wrapping re with reef bum. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know the whole thing with the calcwasser mm -hmm. right into the um, uh, protein skimmer. No, no, calcwasser does not go into so, the protein sorry, skimmer. Sorry. Calcium reactor. Calcium reactor goes into the protein skimmer to scrub the CO2 that's injected in your reactor that's going into your system. No matter what, if you have a calcium reactor, just Put your effluent line, whether you're putting a mill a minute or a mill an hour in your system from your reactor, put it into the venturi or into the intake pump of your pro of your calcium reactor because the I'm, I'm sorry. Calcium, the reactor, calcium reactor to the, the skimmer. protein skimmer. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't know what a protein skimmer really does for your aquarium and it's not gonna add oxygen. It's not gonna remove um, a lot of things people get re think a lot of people think get removed like calcium and alkalinity and magnesium 
it removes proteins, it removes dead bacteria, and it scrubs the hell out of CO2. When you shut your tank down, if you were measuring the CO2 levels in it, if you shut the protein skimmer off, your CO2 levels go through the roof quite quickly and your pH goes to the floor. The protein skimmer back in, your pH starts to go back up mm -hmm. and your CO2 level goes back down. So why wouldn't you run the effluent from your calcium reactor, which has a lot of CO2 in it, and carbonic acid, which is the devil for your aquarium, <laughs> right into your protein skimmer to have as much of that scrubbed out of there as you possibly can. And on our system, 6.5 pH coming out of it at two liters a minute, going into our protein skimmer, the pH in the system was at like a peak of 8.1, and coming out of my reactor, or my, my protein skimmer, the pH was 8.05. So I had a 0.05 drop coming out of the protein skimmer, but two liters a minute is going into it at 6.5. That's a pretty doggone good, you know, boost, you know. If I didn't have the protein skimmer on and I checked the water coming out so the, bu the bubble blasters weren't running, the pH coming out of there was in the sevens. So that 6.5 at two liters a minute was really suppressing the pH in the system. Yeah. And this eliminates that almost completely. Good way of doing um, it. It's an, I mean, I even talked to my buddy Julian Sprung. I talked <laughs> to Jake. I talked to all these old school reefers about it and nobody thought about doing it that way. And when I told Julian, I said, dude, I just plugged it into my, into my uh, protein so skimmer. Can we He's call like, that the Meckley method? I do. I mean, there's a whole thread. If you want to go watch a bunch of people bash me going reef to reef and check it out, um, they keep telling me that I'm wrong um, about Kalkwasser. And I say, come and look. Um, I'm wrong, all right. Everything's dead. <laughs> you, you, They're you, all plastic. You, you, can, you, you can be wrong and, and you know, just reap the benefits of it. Right. All so, right. So uh, let me give some rapid fire questions here. Yes. Okay. So what was your very first coral? Um, a uh, Paleothella. Do you remember what one? It was just the common green button polyps out of, uh, I, I'm not good with soft coral Latin names. You tell me any hard coral, I'll give you the Latin name all day long. Um, and we can debate whether or not one, one, one of the others is right. <laughs> you do a soft coral, I can give you um, a lot of genus names, but I can't give you down to species level. So green polyp. Uh, it's a green button polyp. Um, it's a palithoa. Okay. That was my first coral. Okay. Um, and it was a colony. Because back when I started, frags were not something that were thought of. Um, I mean, they were there, but they Another weren't. Guess. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so it was a palithoa. Uh, I'll give you the second coral. Okay. It was a Euphilia, or Fimbrophilia para ancora. And I bought it from that fish lease in Pennsylvania with 25 polyps on it. Oh, wow. And I paid $40 for it. <laughs> that was back, oh my gosh, you know, uh, 25 years ago. So it was, yeah, it's been a while. He wants my attention. <laughs> yeah, oh, this is my buddy. What's up, Monty? My wife's here. You get to meet the, um, the figment I, of your imagination. I, I, I said earlier that I, <laughs> I, I did not believe Amanda You know you're existed. a figment of his imagination? <laughs> I, I see Amanda now. I've never seen her on camera. So you're just going to have to trust me that Amanda is real. Oh, she won't go on camera. Don't worry about that. Yeah, you'll, you'll never see her on camera. Maybe one day, but well, she maybe, won't that, go on maybe camera. Maybe that's why the rumor started that she's not real. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have uh, emailed with her and talked to her on the phone, but a lot of people have not met her because uh, she has... She does a lot for the company, um, and she could do a lot of that from home. Yeah. Um, she loves being here, and last night, it was a complete, she's, oh, she's trying to say she's the best fragger on the farm. <laughs> All right, let's have a frag off. I'll take you, I'll take you up on that one. Um, she, uh, she, she, she does really well. I mean, she learned everything from me. You know, when ACI and she lost her job, that's when she really started learning. She loved it, 
because she set up a saltwater tank and she asked me out on a date. You gotta remember that part of it. <laughs> so she always had a, a drive for this and um, she learned everything that I learned. Um, I, I knew a lot before she started into this and she learns from me, she listens to me, she absorbs everything like a sponge and um, she can help. She helps people on Instagram because I don't go on Instagram. So just so you know, if you're on Instagram and you're asking a question to ACI, I'm not responding. That's my <laughs> wife, Amanda, because she knows what to say because she's heard it a billion times. So don't worry about that. You're going to get the proper information. And if you don't, it's um, a mistake and we will definitely get it corrected. Um, yeah, my, my, my wife, uh, <laughs> this is not her hobby. She likes looking at the tank and stuff. But she knows well enough now when something is going to happen to the tank. Mm -hmm. uh, she'll say, I think something's going to happen with that coral. And I'll look at it, I'm like, ah, no, it's prob probably not. And then sure enough, something starts to happen. I'm like, now I got to work on it. You know, I'm yeah. like, I should have just listened to you in the first place. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I've been doing this for, I think, about 27 years. And, yeah. you know, she's been doing this about four. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, she had fish only, and that's what she, her gig was fish. I wanted the corals. So I, I did the corals, and then, of course, we graduated the corals um, once we moved to Florida. Um, but yeah, that was, that was interesting, too, moving all of our stuff from Pennsylvania to Florida. We packed it off in a U-Haul and went to Tony's Tropical Fish, my old job, and we oxed up the corals and the fish, and we made a beeline for 22-hour drive straight to Tampa where we were staying, set the thing up. The first hour we were here, we had all the fish and corals back in the tank. That's and awesome. I didn't lose a darn thing. Um, that was uh, pretty, uh, I was scared, you know? I was, a, I was still a kid in my opinion. 21 year, uh, 27 years old was still a kid to me. You know, you still got a lot to learn in life if you're 26 and you think you know a lot, you got a lot to learn. Um, <laughs> I'm still learning and I hope I never stop. Um, and uh, That's what makes this hobby so fun. There's always something more to do. If, I, if you listen to uh, Rich Ross and Ben Johnson on uh, yes. Reef Beef, you know, they, they, they say the dishes are never done. No. And you know what, if the dishes were done, I'd probably get bored of the hobby. <laughs> the dishes are always dirty. <laughs> Meaning you wash them and they're still dirty. You gotta wash them over and over and over. You never get them clean. I mean, you really never get them clean. I mean, there's always something you can be doing. Even if you're over here and you don't, I'm over here and I, don't, I can't think of anything to do. All I gotta do is walk away for a little bit or start looking at my corals and I can find something like that. Okay, uh, I see this, uh, okay, let's do this, you know? But that's, you know, that's never ending. Um, the, the, with, with a home aquarium, you can actually just say, okay, I need to keep my hands out for a while. You can't do Keep your hands out of your here. tank in general. I say to everybody, go to Tractor Supply and buy the things that they put on your hands to do a cow's, you know, whatever the heck they do with the thing. They, you know what I'm talking Use that to put your hand in your tank. Your oils, everything on your hands, on your skin, affects the system. When we aren't here and putting our hands in the tank for the weekend, we can tell. As soon as we start messing around, but the problem is, is I can't feel anything with the gloves I need to be wearing, so I sacrifice the oils and stuff that are coming from my hand to go in the water because it's never really done anything major. But in a smaller system, you know, we're talking about, you know, 1,600 gallons to 4,500 gallons, one person putting their hands in the water on a regular basis is not really gonna be messing around with this, the system much. But in a smaller system, if your hands are going in and out constantly, get one of those gloves, put it on your hand every time. You can buy a mess load of them. I think you buy a whole box of them with like 50 of them in for like, 20 bucks, you know, they'll last you forever. Um, that way it keeps your oils and the possibilities of pathogens getting in your water and yeah, killing I, your corals. I have to wear those when I do tank maintenance because my, my arms yeah. break out from, from the dry skin after 
the salt water. I had the biggest problem for, you know, we moved over here and within a couple of years, my hands started to crack and bleed every single week. You see. I, I haven't seen completely. that in so long, Bob. I, I used to, I used to go to the doctors and they would give me this expensive ass prescription cream and I'd put this stuff on every night, put uh, cotton gloves on my hands to sleep and I could never get my hands to heal. And um, you know what I started doing? I said, I'm not buying any more of this $550 per month cream that's doing nothing. I started taking Neosporin and, and just putting Neosporin <laughs> on like it was hand cream and putting the gloves on, my hands started getting better. Just like that. And I'm like talking to the doctor about it and he's like, well, you know, Neosporin, you know, this, that, and I'm like, it works. Your expensive <laughs> lab experiment, me, is a joke. And I'm not spending any more money on it. I don't have the money to spend on it. Neosporin is cheap. And a tube lasts me for a month. Five bucks, 500 bucks. I'll take five bucks. You know, and then all of a sudden, I don't know if I changed my eating habits or what I did, but I don't have any of those issues anymore with my hands. And thank God I don't because it was painful. You know, yeah. every single finger oh, on your it, hand it, is it cracked and bleeding. cracks all the time, yeah. And you couldn't figure out why. Um, but yeah, whatever changed in my life fixed that. And I thank the man upstairs for that right now because that was one of the biggest problems I had with doing what I love. I felt like I was being punished every day because, you know, my hands were bleeding and cracking and I couldn't. And it hurts. I couldn't open bottles. I couldn't, uh, you know, there were so many things I couldn't do. <laughs> I couldn't, you know, riding a bike hurt. Everything that I use my hands for just hurt constantly. I dealt with it over like the six year, five, six, seven year period of time. And now for whatever reason, it went away. And now I think hopefully it doesn't ever come back because I don't want to have to deal with that crap again. That was a nightmare. All right, let me ask you some more rapid fires. Yes. Um, so I see you have LED and metal halide. What do you prefer? Yeah, you missed one. What, what else? What are the, T5s? T5s, yes. T5s, yes. yes. Um, I'm an old school guy. You cannot ever get me away from metal halides and T5s because you cannot. I don't care what the company tells you. They are blowing smoke up your butt. You can't get a full spectrum out of metal halide unless you have UV and infrared. You might be able to get everything in between there, but there's no manufacturer of any LED for your aquarium that is getting UV, true UV, that is actually enough to penetrate past an inch or two from the light itself. Yeah, let me correct you on one thing, because you said you can't get that from metal halide, but you meant LED. Let's start that all over again. <laughs> so, um, because I'm an old school reefer, I like the true spectrum, the full spectrum. You know, I can't use the sun, so I use the metal halides because I get a full spectrum. I get UV, I get infrared, I get everything in between. And depending on the Kelvin spectrum, depends on how intense the wavelengths are and where we're targeting. 20K, 10K, 65K. You wanna grow your coral, 65. You wanna blue them up, or color them up better, 20K. Um, they give you what I think is 100% necessary because we aren't getting, you know, we're trying to duplicate the ocean, right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to duplicate nature. When nature's not all blue, nature's not all particular, one particular wavelength. When you get down to depth, yes, you're filtering out a lot of the lower lower wavelengths. You're filtering out the infrared, the oranges, the reds, the blues, the yellows. And the deeper you go, you got greens and blues, purples, violets, and ultra and UV. So UV and all those are gonna be your main light sources for corals that live deep. So why would you not want UV coming through and penetrating your water column? Because obviously, you know, you take away the UV from your corals what effect does it have on your corals? 
Well, I think I have, I have a theory on what does happen and we can get into that another time. Actually, I can't. I got to get into it with Tulio when Tulio comes with his um, meters to, to, to show we, what we've been doing with After that, the halides. I'll come back again and we can talk yeah. about it. <laughs> so, um, T5s will give you minimal UV and infrared. Um, we think it will not penetrate the water. Meadow halide, we found when Tulio was here last time with his, with his, um, we could, um, his spectrograph that we could put under the water, that we had minute amounts, I'm talking like, um, I think the, the, the 250 watts were giving us like five micromoles of UV. If you don't know what micromoles are, Google it. It's about light intensity. Um, a lot of people say the similar term called PAR. Um, it is different, but uh, micromoles is the more correct term. Yeah. Um, it's the scientific term per se. Um, and uh, with five micromoles of UV penetrating on my corals in the system under our 250 watt, and we had 11 under the 400s, and we had one or two under the 175s. That's better than zero, you know? But up close to the bulb, it was pretty intense UV lighting coming yeah. out of there. So if they tell you you don't need UV on your system, ask them why. If they can't give you a legitimate reason, say, well, the sun produces it, the coral's got it in the ocean, why are you telling me that I don't need it? Because it's a legitimate question. If you don't know the real answer, I'm about to put a video out down the road here that will tell everybody why UV is important for an aquarium and why infrared is important for mm -hmm. an aquarium. Um, so that is metal halide. Then we got T5. I have one brand of um, LED that I really like, actually two. Um, a main source of LED would be my Coral Cares. Um, they're the ugliest, heaviest LED <laughs> on the market. I mean, if you want to see how heavy they are, just they're 16 pounds a piece. They're not for everybody, but if you want to grow some macros, I've tried every LED on the market from Radions to AIs to Illumagics to Apex, or not Apex, um, AP9X, the, the Kessels. Mm -hmm. And not, not that I don't like the lights, not that I don't like what they do to the corals. Some, in some cases, they make them look better. But for you, growing coral is important. We are coral farmers, yes. yes. And my old saying, LEDs for show, meadow halides and T5s for grow. I have to incorporate somehow way into that, the Coral Care LEDs, grow your corals, almost as good as metal halides and color them up probably just as good. Um, I've never been able to achieve that out of any of the other lights that I've used, but they're all hobbyist quality lights and there's nothing wrong with them. No, it's, a, it's a different... Nothing wrong with them at all. They're all good lights. They're all good lights. I mean, I got nothing bad to say about any Ecotech's products, any of AI's products, any of Illumagic's. They're all good products. They're great for hobbyists. They're not for me. You know, I don't want a fancy schmancy light that I got to have an app that I come in and the app got disconnected for somehow way or another and I got to reconnect it every day. You mean you don't want to like have a discotheque in here? <laughs> <laughs> we, we were, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say what brand, we were offered an LED brand to, to fill our entire facility because they wanted us to have them, to, of course, for the brand yeah. to be promoted. And, you know, to me, that's like paying me to do something. And I just said right flat out to him, I've tried your lights. Um, there's no way in hell you can pay me to put the lights in. Well, we're going to knock the price down to this on them. I said, do you know how many I need? And they're like, 
no, how many do you need? And I'm like, 18,500 gallons, 12 foot by six foot, times like nine. Um, 300? You're gonna give them to me or you're gonna make me pay for them? Because I'm not giving you a dime. Because I know what's gonna happen because you're not gonna back them up because they're gonna get ruined by my open air environment. The coral cares, they look like the damn street lamps. I mean, I can take these down annually. They look solid. They're, oh, they're built like brick shit houses. I mean, I can take them down annually, take them all out here, lay them all out here on the, take the hose, spray them all off and not be worried about it. Do not do that with your lights Do not lights do that with your lights, yes. The coral cares, you can do that with. I don't recommend it. I've done it, but don't say that I told you to do that. Uh, <laughs> you heard it here first. But, uh, <laughs> but it really is one of the things I loved about the light and the fact that they're simple. There's a handful of programming and they don't go offline. They're all connected to Bluetooth pretty much every time I go on unless the whole place loses power and then they, they all have to be reconnected. But for in one controller versus each individual one, mm -hmm. even though they're daisy chain, they should talk to each other with these other brands. It's just, I don't have time. I have no time. You plug it in, the timer turns it on, the timer turns it off. With these, yes, I still go through the programming in them to give me that mm -hmm. you know, wave of, of light from low to high to low to give the sunrise sunset effect, which I think is super important. But I also do that with um, the fact that, that the reef brights come on, the coral cares come on. The reef brights are on for one hour before the programming inside of the coral cares tells them to come on. And then they go through, what, depending on which um, mode I use in the, um, the coral cares pre-programmed, or I customize one, mm -hmm. um, determines on you know what time I have that light come on. And then it ramps up, levels off, ramps down. An hour later, all of it goes off. The metal halides, I run my metal halides for three hours a day. That's it. It's enough to give the substrate, the UV light that is needed to hopefully, my theory is correct as we learn it more and more about it, keep the bacteria that can be detrimental to the corals at bay. And um, that all came about from a torch experiment. But again, that's another tangent I could go on for hours <laughs> about. Um, the reef brights, um, honestly, for a simple, basic, easy accent light and the royal blue look of them, they're, they're amazing looking. And I love looking at my corals when the blues are only on. Um, there's certain corals I hate looking at under blues because they just look like the ugliest thing on the planet. And then when the whites are on, you're just like, oh, that's, a, my, that's my, what I love about that coral. My, my aquarium lights are bookend. In the morning, in the night, they are blue. And during the day, it's white. And that's why I like it. I can see everything then. Yes. You know, I, and, 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 and it is important to have a photo period of 12 hours. We're taking corals out of, the, out of animals that live in between the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn. In between there, because it's considered the tropics, you get 12 light, 12 dark. You can't prove me wrong because that's a fact. Everybody knows that. Um, if you live up north, like I did when I first got into reefing, I used to keep my lights on for 18 hours a day, you know, and six hours of darkness. And I thought about it as I got a little older going, that's about stupid. I'm up north, getting closer to the Arctic Circle, so I'm gonna have, yeah. so what do I do? Turn it for six hours of light during the winter hours, six and 18? Yeah. But I was a lot younger then, so I didn't really think logically yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of the things we did early on in the hobby, we did because reasons. Yes. You know, well, one inch, one inch of fish per gallon. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's, to me, that's not true either. I mean, 
if I live by that, then I'm in some trouble. I mean, I, I, I've got my farm systems in the back have, the, at one's got like 40 some tangs in, and they're all like 15, or I mean, between the 15 inches, the biggest one down to the smallest one, which I think is the uh, Achilles, and he's still six inches. So add all those inches up amongst 40 fish, and you know, you're bigger than a thousand inches, probably, or damn close to it, um, plus all the little fish in there. So yeah. it's, how much can your tank handle? The bio load that the it can handle. Load. And um, I could go on a tangent about biomedia, and how it's not necessary because we don't really have any biomedia. I just set up a tank to, for an experiment and my my employee Andreas just goes, well, what are you gonna do for biologics? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> Why? There's no there's no there's no bricks, there's no rock, there's no nothing. I'm like the coral skeleton's got plenty of bacteria living on it. The the water that we put in from one of our systems has plenty of bacteria in it. And the way we take care of our systems with our minor and traces, it keeps all the bacteria levels high because I, I just... of minor and traces. Two years ago, almost two years ago, I went from uh, 70 gallon total water volume to 150 gallon total, total water volume. I got new sand and new rock, but I transferred as much of the water over as I could. And from day one, you know, I, I had that I got all the water in. Day three, I put in one acro uh, or, or one, one SPS, one LPS coral for a test. Two days later, I transferred every all, all of my corals and fish over. Never looked back, never had a problem. It brings me up to an, um, you know, what you just said about you know, the way you did your tank transfer. It, it, I mean, it makes complete sense. I mean, we cycled this system with ammonia and bacteria, mm -hmm. but I could have just put corals in it and I knew it would have worked fine. But you know, Jake and I talked sometimes every day um, and uh, he was setting up this 400 gallon tank in his, in his studio. He's like, I think I'm just gonna take this massive Valley Green Slimer that he had that was growing in one of his other tanks, and I'm gonna put it right in the middle. I'm gonna put water in it, I'm gonna put lights over it, put power heads in it, I'm gonna put the coral in it. And show everybody that you don't have to cycle in an aquarium to put corals in it. That corals self-acclimate, and corals will cycle the tank for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the last photo that I got of that aquarium, it's like three months old, four months old now, he's got it chocked full of just bombies all over it. It's a bare bottom tank. <laughs> There's just a big staghorn in the middle and a bunch of bigger acros and other colonies of LPSs and stuff like that in the aquarium with some fish. And he never did anything to it to cycle the aquarium. No. And he never got an ammonia spike. He never got a nitrite spike, but he did get the nitrate. And he's like, when I saw nitrate starting to come into the system, I knew my theory was correct mm -hmm. because they never showed the two worst ones, which is nitrites and ammonia, but they were obviously being put into the aquarium, but the amount of bacteria that came from the corals themselves, the water that was put in, all was enough to handle the amount of bio load that was gonna be put on the system. And um, if you do things slow and steady, and you have patience, and if you're gonna become a reefer and you don't have patience, I'll take your money because you'll get out and it'll be a money pit for you. I tell people just to be patient with what you're, when you're starting up a reef aquarium. Yeah, the, what we're talking about starting an aquarium quickly is something I would say for, for people that have been Still in the hobby possible. for a while. Yes. You know, if, if you're just starting out, don't do that. No. Take the time, do it the long way. It'll be well worth it in the end. You'll, you'll the knowledge you'll learn. It, it, it's, it's, learning the process, the nitrogen cycle is 101 reefing. If you don't learn and understand that, don't reef. 
You know, it's like a child. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I, re- I relate to what we do here to raising a child. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like, you can't do that as a comparison. But but in reality, I'm not saying that I put them before my children. I'm saying it's a lot like them. It's demanding. If you want to have a child, you need to be, prepare yourself for possibly sleepless nights for weeks or months. And that's a big life changer for a lot of people when they have a child. Every child is different too. You exactly. can have twins and they can be exactly. completely different. You know? You're exactly right, Bob. And then, you know, the thing that's, you know, the, the whole point of this being is if you're going to set up a reef aquarium, nurture it, learn it, take care of it, figure out what it needs. Don't let somebody tell you what it needs. That's not a reefer. That's not somebody that's setting themselves up for success. That's somebody that's taking advice from just any Joe Blow out there. And you know what? Joe over here says to do it this way. Jack over here says to do it this way. You know what? He's right and he's right. John says to do it this way. Guess what? John's right too. I'm right too. You're right too. But you can't do that to... It's like you can't take advice on how to raise your child from 15 different people and expect to be able to incorporate any of that into raising your child. Just jump into it and do it. Figure it out on your own. You know, read about it. Don't read forums about it. Read books. People need to get back into reading books. Or find somebody that is putting out content on YouTube that is for the best interest of the corals and not to make money off of you. Talk let me, about let me, throw me. A plug in here. Or this you. I, I have nothing to do with this. I don't get any kind of kickback. I'm not a sponsor. Tony Vargas is coming out with a new book. Uh, it's a sequel, and I, I'm Tony's drawing a blank. A, I love Tony. Yeah, I mean, get that book. It's going to be out in January. Yes. You got to get the book because I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> you um, remember the name of it? Like, um, I, I'm drawing a blank. Corals. Um, Corals in the Home Aquarium, Volume One and Two. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. I've got one, and I've paid for Volume Two, and I keep messaging him going. Dude, I paid for this damn book like eight months ago, bro. When's it coming? COVID slowed us down. Quit using that as an excuse. Get it done. <laughs> but, um, I, know, no, I, can't, I cannot wait for I it. I, I'm, I'm dying for it. He finally got the whole cover and everything finalized yes. and how it's going to be. So saw I, that I, yesterday, actually. I, I, I sent him hundreds of photos of corals for that book. I hope he puts, you know, I don't care. He puts one in. I always want one. Out of the hundreds that I sent him, I hope he puts one in. And I told him, because he was sending me back. <laughs> He's not up to date with all the classification changes. And I send him Acam Pachyceptus. Do you know what that is? I do not. It used to be commonly known as a Lobophilia okay, Pachycepta. Okay. When the taxonomy came out and it was changed to Lobophilia Pachycepta, or no, Acanthastria Pachycepta, not many people know about that. They still call them Aussie Lobos. And he's like, oh my God, that Lobo's insane. And I'm like, Tony, you're going to look kind of <laughs> like an idiot if you put Lobophilia Pachycepta on this because it is Acanthastria Pachycepta. The, for, the coral formerly known as. Formerly known as Lobophilia Pachycepta. And I knew that 10 years ago that it wasn't a Lobophilia just because it's so aggressive. And I kind of thought it might have been an A-can and it was actually one of the things I was like, yep. Now I, I plugged now, the I knew book. That. I plugged the book and I didn't even know you, you were You walked through, Andreas, we're videoing. <laughs> Seriously? Yes! You just cut me out of there, dude. I'm messing with you. We'll cut it out and put it in. <laughs> no, I'm leaving it in. You're getting a cameo. <laughs> so, um, I, but, now I did not plug that book because I I, I didn't even know you were going to be in it. Um, so, so well, I, did, I, I didn't plug if, it for that I don't reason. Know if I, I'm in it like by name, but I'm sure from knowing Tony that he's going to put my at least my company in the name in there for the photographs that were yeah. sent. Which 
I, I could care less. I mean, I, you know, I helped him out as much as I could, and he got a lot of help from a lot of people, and you know, that's part of the Reefers Code. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. You know, you want to give me some credit? Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but it doesn't make or break a relationship with somebody because of that. Um, might bum me out a little bit, but you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is. You know, it, that doesn't what that's not what drives me. Um, you know, getting awareness of these animals and how to handle them and how to take care of them is more important to me than any other aspect of what we do. People need to understand that it is not hard to reef and it shouldn't be expensive. And if you keep things simple and you listen to people that are proven to do a good job in husbandry of taking care of corals, um, it's, it's not hard and it's not expensive. I mean, okay, it's, it's more expensive than a freshwater tank, but it, it doesn't have to be a money pit. It, it can be. Yeah, you're right. Okay, since we're, we're gonna wrap up now, but uh, I wanna give you a, a minute for any last, last thoughts you might have. Last thoughts, um, follow your dreams. Life's too short. Um, if you think you want to do it, do it. Um, I did, and we've got an absolutely amazing coral farm, and I love the fact that I can share what we do with people around the world for um, that want to be interested, that are interested in, in what we do. Um, don't take anything for granted, and uh, if you really want to know more about reefing in a more simple way, um, I can help and a lot of other people that have incorporated our method into it can help you as well. The method doesn't work everywhere, but um, it can eventually be incorporated in most systems. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I got I to gotta close it better than that. I, I will I know how to close it, but I don't know how to, I don't know what else I should say. I mean, that I think was probably the main thing I wanted to touch was follow your dreams, because I did. I, I, I will, tell everybody. I will add, Make sure you go on to uh, YouTube and other, other sources and look for Chris Meckley and ACI on other uh, interviews and stuff like that. YouTube channels. Other, other videos and really learn from this man. He, he knows what he's talking about. We have a lot of videos out and you know, I wasn't gonna just say that to, to, to blow myself up, but yeah, I mean, we, we have uh, Richard from Aficionado Channel. Do you know who he is? Mm -hmm. um, good Not personally, friend. but I know him. He's a really good friend, a great guy. He's done countless videos for me. I don't even know how many anymore. I, I lost track. You know, I've done a lot of live feeds with Keith from Reef Bums. Um, I got a um, live feeds with Devin Rich from Reef Dudes. Mm -hmm. um, and there's other platforms that I've been on doing live feeds on that um, they've, you know, Mark Levinson, I did one with him and I, I, could, I still can't believe that that one's got like um, over 13,000 views and it was like three months ago. Um, <laughs> I'm just Chris, you know. I'm just Chris, that's all I am. But um, if you like what you hear and you wanna learn from me, those videos can teach you a lot. And um, I tried to explain it all, but with my tangents I go on. Um, it's all right. I think um, I'm realizing that, uh, that I do have ADHD. <laughs> and I, 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 I can be asked a question and I can answer the question and go off totally somewhere else. Um, <laughs> that's why I said if you, you know, do this to me so I go back, <laughs> bring it back. Um, so, you know, sometimes it can get a little lengthy in my explanations, but there's a reason behind it. You know, mm -hmm. I just want everybody to understand it, that it's, it can be really easy. And if you listen passion. to me thoroughly, my passion shows in that. And um, if there's anything anybody can do when you have a reef aquarium, you know, develop a passion by learning about the animals. Learn the Latin names. Who cares what the Looney Tune name is? Because that just means it's more valuable. And that honestly is not the way you should get into a reef aquarium. You should get into it because they fascinate you and it's interesting. 
learning the Latin names will will just feed your brain with more information instead of just a Latin name that people are gonna forget tomorrow. The Latin name is forever. Um, it's, uh, you know, bottom line, reefing is a blast. Don't throw too much money at it because it doesn't have to be a money pit. And uh, help is there if you find the right people to listen to. Um, my name's Chris Meckley from ACI Aquaculture, and I hope you enjoyed this little uh, video that Bob was able to put out, and I appreciate you, Thank you. Uh, having me on. And Chris said that I can have 15 minutes uninterrupted with nobody else in the building, and then just hightail it. <laughs> 15 minutes isn't long enough. <laughs> thank you guys for watching, and thank you so much, Chris. <laughs>